praise. He's worthy of the praise. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Glory, God. Glory. Listen, we thank God for you here today. Um, while we're standing, go ahead and turn to the book of Judges. We're going to continue our series. Amen. Our series this morning as our kids transition to Children's Church. Praise the Lord for Children's Church. Amen. Good to see you, Brother Nord. Amen. God bless you, sir. Amen. 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 Brother Nord can sing all them songs, y'all. I'm telling you. Amen. A worship if there's never been one. So we thank God for you. Amen. While you turn into the book of Judges, chapter six, I want to acknowledge my family. They like we said, they're not visitors, but they we, we thank God for uh, my aunts, Aunt Sandra, Aunt B, Aunt Etta, and then Judge Horace. We thank God for y'all being here today, traveling the park. Can we give God some love for them? Amen. Amen. Thank, thank y'all for being here. Thank God for my family. I am where I am because my family had a lot to do with it. Amen. The Bible says that the prayers of the righteous avail it much. So I thank God for my family praying for, for me and our whole family over the years. Amen. Prayer works. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. It's good to see you, Deacon. God bless you, sir. Amen. Amen. We're in the book of, of Judges today, and we're continuing our series. Amen. And I hope you've been blessed by the series thus far. In Jesus' name, we want to continue our series on total surrender. Total surrender. And today, as a subtopic, I want to talk about just the one for that assignment. You're just the one for that assignment. You're just the one for that assignment. Just the one for that assignment. Need to say that again. You're, you're just the one. You're looking for somebody else. And God said, no, I've anointed and appointed you to be just the one for that assignment. Praise God. Read with me. Uh, I'll, I'll read, in fact, and just follow along with me in Judges uh, chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, then the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord gave them into the hands of Midian seven years. The power of Midian prevailed against Israel because of Midian. The sons of Israel made for themselves the dens which were in the mountains and in the caves and the stronghold. For it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites would come up with the Amalekites and the sons of the east and go against them. So they would camp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no substance in Israel as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. They didn't leave anything. That's what the enemy does. He leaves nothing. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, they would come in like locusts for number. Both they and their camels, watch this, were innumerable. And they came into the land to devastate it. So Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the sons of Israel cried to the Lord. And the sons of Israel cried to the Lord for a few minutes this morning. We're going to continue our series on total surrender. And I want you to know that you are just the one. That God has for that assignment, you are just the one that God has that for the assignment. Let the church say amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of our life changing king. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You are just the one. For that assignment, have you ever been in a situation that was so insurmountable that you didn't know what to do but pray? And after you got in the middle of that situation, you realized that the first thing that you should have been doing all along was praying. Anybody? Yeah, I got a witness in the place today. Amen. We all been there before. And and, and what, 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 what the, the awesome thing about God is when we surrender ourselves and we're going to go back and review our terms in a minute, but. 
when we totally surrender ourselves, when we give ourselves to God, he can begin to do his best work in and through us. It's not you. It's not me. It's, 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 it's the power of God working in and through us to accomplish what only he can do. Amen. We find this all throughout the Bible as we have people all throughout the Bible, for example, in the book of Hebrews. And it is going to talk about the man that we're talking about today, Gideon. Amen. Gideon. We're going to discuss him today. But in the book of Hebrews, in fact, bring it up. Chapter 11, beginning in verse 32, we know Hebrews to be the hall of faith. Amen. And he mentions several men and women in this chapter. But in verse 32, he says something very interesting. He says, and what more shall I say after covering all the women and men, most of them in the Bible? He says, what more can I say for time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, of David, of Samuel and the prophets who by faith, somebody say by faith, by faith, they conquered kingdoms. Watch this. They conquered kingdoms. They performed acts of righteousness. They obtained promises. They shut the mouths of lions. Are y'all hearing what these people did through God? Who by faith, they shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the power of fire. They, 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 they uh, quenched the power of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword from weakness, were made strong, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. We're talking about... When you totally surrender, God can work through us to do anything that he needs to do. But somebody said, you got to be totally surrendered. You got to be totally surrendered. Total, totally surrendered is, is uh, total surrender to, to a loving, sharing, caring Heavenly Father. When, when we're surrendered to him, he will position you for the assignment that he has for you. Everybody here today has an assignment. Whether you figure that assignment out or not, you have been born and God has assigned you you specifically to accomplish something in the earth. But the thing of it is, you're not going to be able to accomplish it in and of yourself. Okay? You're going to need God. Somebody say, I'm going to need God. Amen? This, this same God, he's going to empower you, and we're going to show you this, but what God does, he doesn't leave you hanging. If God's given you an assignment, he is going to empower me and you to carry out the assignment that he has ordained us to carry out. All right? We need to be confident in that. But we have to be surrendered. Somebody say surrender. Now, let's review our term because we talked about the term surrender. And we we said that surrender is a battle term. It's a battle term. And it implies giving up all rights to the victor. All right. We also said that when an opposing army surrenders, they lay down their arms and the winners or the victors, they take control from then on. So we have to surrender. Our victor is Jesus Christ. He has accomplished everything that needs to be accomplished in the earth. And when we surrender to him, we can begin to do great things. See, surrendering to God, it works the exact same way. God has a plan for our lives. And surrendering to him means we set aside our own plans and we eagerly seek his. Is anybody eagerly seeking the plan of God for your life today? But we got to beware, as one theologian told us, he says, you got to beware of stopping anywhere short of total surrender to God. You can't stop short of total surrender. Most of us, we have only a vision of what total surrender is, but have never truly experienced it. Amen. You thought you'd seen something already, but God says, you know, I'm not through with you yet. You got to surrender. Amen. You got to give it all to me. Either I'm going to be Lord of all, Lord through all, or I'm not going to be Lord at all. So you got to surrender. Somebody say surrender. We have a, a man that we're talking about today, Gideon. And what Gideon had to do is Gideon had to learn to surrender. You see, Gideon had a problem. And most of us can relate to this. If you ever had a problem in your life, somebody says right now, I got some problems. Well, you're in the right place today. Amen. Uh, are you in the right place today? Because what you need to understand is God specializes in problems. And what we find in Israel, they were um, back and forth. They are often referred to, as we call them sometimes in this place, the yo-yo Christians. All right. They, they would be for all for God, celebrating God, and they get comfortable and then they end up back in their sin. 
and they go crying. God, can you deliver me from this one? Please, God. I promise you, God, if you get me out of this one, I'll never do it again. But all throughout Scripture, the Bible says in Judges that, that, that there was no king in Israel and the people began to do what was right in their own eyes. That's what the scripture says. They began to do what was right in their own eyes because there was no king in Israel. And what God would do in his infinite wisdom is he would raise up judges, men and women, to be a, 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 a mediator, if you will, between him and the people. And he would and he would fight on their behalf. And what we're learning today in Judges chapter six is there was a, a man who was shaking in his boots. But how many of you know that when you when you surrender to God, amen, you might be shaking on the rock, but the rock is never shaking under you. And what God is trying to get you to do is get to the rock. Somebody say, get to the rock. Amen. That rock is Jesus Christ. And when you're on that rock, you can begin to do great exploits that only God can do in and through you. I promise you, people of God, you think you've seen something yet, but you got to get in a state where you come totally surrendered to the Lord. Am I talking to somebody today? So there was a problem, and we read that in our introductory scripture over there in Judges chapter uh, 6, verse 3. Uh, the, the Midianites, these were the enemies of Israel. They were the enemies of Israel, and Israel, they would spend all that time planting seed in the ground. They would plant seed in the ground in anticipation for the harvest that would come during harvest time. Amen. Many of you right now, you're planting seed in the ground. You're you're trusting God. You're believing God for something. And that's your seed that's in the ground. But 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 understand, you're not the only one watching that field. There's an enemy that's watching the field, too, because what he wants to do, remember, his goal and objective is to steal, to kill and destroy, according to John 10, 10. And what he's looking for is an opportunity to come in. Not when not 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 when you're just planting the seed, but he wants to come in at harvest time because he doesn't want to work for what he has to work for. He just wants to steal. And as Israel is planting the seed, they, they have this problem of the Midianites who were innumerable. The Bible tells us that they, that they were innumerable with so many of them. They would come in masses and they would basically collect everything that Israel planted. And Israel became fearful of the enemy they became so fearful that they began to dig caves and 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 holes into the mountains to hide from the people they would plant the seed and they wouldn't defend themselves they would go and hide and they would cry out to god can you deliver us lord from these midianites cry out to god and god is so faithful how many of y'all know that you messed up, but God still did what he needed to do in your life? Oh, he's so faithful, people of God. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. See, when you're on God's team, man, you are a winner. Amen. God will ensure that he takes good care of you. Amen. Even in your mistakes, but you need to repent and let him know that, God, I know that I messed up. All right. Amen. Amen. Shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? God forbid. God does not want you to continue in your sin. He wants you to repent so that you can get the best. So we find um, that in, in, in the three, three, three things, three things I'm going to give you today. I see my clock back there says 243. So I know that's wrong. So I have no idea what time it is. So therefore, I'm just going to preach until the Lord says stop. Amen. All right. All right. Give myself an excuse. Amen. I see. It. I know that's not the right time. So we're going to keep it going. All right. But 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 we have to totally surrender ourselves and God will allow situations and circumstances to come into your lives, our lives, so that we can surrender. Notice in verse um, uh, here in verse six, it says, so Israel was brought very low because of Midian. See, God is using Midian to bring Israel to a place where they're very low. And the sons of Israel, what they did, they cried out to the Lord. See, some of us, we are in a place where all we need to do is begin to cry out to the Lord. Amen. We, we, we're doing everything else except crying out to the Lord. He's the only one who can truly help us in the situation that we're in. And when we cry out to the Lord, imagine if just this church. If we address the situation and you say, you know what, Lord, we're going to cry out to you and believe that you're the only solution for this particular problem. What God begins to do is we get the attention of heaven and God begins to go to work. 
And what he does, watch this, Brother Greg, is he finds an ordinary person. Not looking for anybody extraordinary, because the truth be known, I'm getting into my first point already. The first thing you need to know is this. God uses ordinary people to do the extraordinary. God uses ordinary people to do the extraordinary. You're not extraordinary in and of yourself. You're not able to do the things that you're able to do without the power of God working in your life. Notice in verse 11 of Judges chapter 6, it says, this is uh, Gideon as he's hiding out along with uh, the other Israelites. They're in caves and he's in a wine press, meaning that he is, uh, he is, he is in low in the ground because that's where wine presses were. And he, he, is, he is out of position. The Bible says, then the angel of the Lord, verse 11 of chapter 6, came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah. That's not Oprah. That's Ophrah. All right. Which belonged to Joash, the Azurite, as his son Gideon was 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 beating out wheat in the wine press. You don't beat wheat in the wine press. What are you doing, Gideon? He's so afraid that even on his job, he's 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 undercover. He says, I can't go out in front of these people. So I'm going I'm to just make it hard on myself by doing my my my, my task in the wine press. In order to save it from the Midianites, the angel of the Lord, watch this now, because God, he's heard the cry of the people. Now he begins to answer them. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, watch this. The Lord is with you. Oh, valiant warrior. Uh, Some versions say uh, my mighty man of valor. In other words, the Lord is not looking at who he think he is. The Lord is looking at what he can become. Okay. see, oftentimes you got to be careful because even sometimes we will look at people and we'll see them for where they are right now. But God sees them totally different in the terms of the people they can become. Okay. see, God can use anybody. Amen. God can use anybody. And we we find Gideon here. He's beginning a conversation with the angel of the Lord. That's a theophany. Anytime you see angel of the Lord, that is in reference to the pre-incarnated Christ. Christ did just not show up when he was born of the Virgin Mary. Christ has always been here. He was before the beginning. The Bible says, let us create. Who was that? That was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he would appear, he would appear as as, uh, the, the angel of the Lord in order to communicate a message to the people. Watch this. He says, The Lord is with you, old valiant warrior. You need to understand that the Lord is with you today, people. Then Gideon said, watch this now. We're entering into the dialogue between Gideon and the angel of the Lord. Watch what Gideon says. Now, the Lord already told him he's a mighty man. Oh, Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Now, the God didn't ask him anything about that. He says, look, I come to change your identification regardless of of what's going on in the world. I'm here to let you know that you are a mighty man of valor, all right? Even though you're out of position, even though the Midianites seem to be taking over, the first thing I need you to do is to identify with what I'm telling you, that you are a mighty man of valor. One of the first things God addresses in our lives is our identity. We need to recognize who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to recognize what we can do in Christ Jesus. And when he begins to give us that instruction and we begin to receive it, we can totally surrender to whatever he wants to do. I'm a child of God. I'm not ashamed of that. And you shouldn't be ashamed of it either. Amen. We're children of the most high God. He has he has he has made us into mighty men and women of God. Then the Lord looked at him. Watch this. Here's the Lord speaking. Verse 14. He said, go. Somebody say go. Go in this your strength. Watch this and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not 
sent you? Have I not sent you? See, God is taking an ordinary person and he's prepping him because he's getting ready to do some extraordinary things through him. Watch this now. And then verse 15, it says, he said to him, here it is. Oh, Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family. He asked nothing about the family. But notice what he's saying is the least in Manasseh. Now, was that true? Yeah, it was true. But the Lord didn't ask anything about that. He called him a mighty man. He gave him specific instruction. And Gideon's response is, now, if y'all say poor Gideon, I want you to find yourself in that too now, right? He says, behold, my family is the least in Manasseh. And I am the youngest in my father's house. Have you ever been told that you couldn't do something because of the family that you were a part of? Have you ever been told that you couldn't do nothing because you didn't have the right education or the right credentials? Watch this now. He says, but the Lord said, just walking you through the dialogue. This is beautiful. What did the Lord say? Surely. Somebody say surely. Surely. Notice these words. He says, go. Now he says, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat Midian as what? Do y'all see that? I'm going to be with you, Gideon. I understand that you are, you know, the, the, the youngest and you're the poorest tribe and all that, all that. But 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 I'm with you. See, when the Lord is with you, then your status totally changes. You ever had somebody that you were with and, and you were with them and and it might have opened up opportunities that you couldn't open up yourself. OK, I've been in some places and I was able to eat free because of who I was with. OK, been able to go some places because people had certain access that I didn't have. I'll give you an example in this church. Uh, Deacon Bruce and I, we were working out real good at the, before the pandemic. And I've never been in the military a day in my life. But when we pulled up to that Coast Guard, guarded by them guards, Deacon Bruce just pulled out the ID. And I'm sitting there in the, in the, uh, in the passenger side, just looking straight ahead, saying, Yep. Why was I able to go into the Coast Guard, into the gym to work out? Because I was with somebody that had access and that could take me places ordinarily that I couldn't go. Now, I thought about trying to go in there myself, but y'all would have probably seen me on the news or something, you know, trying to get in the Coast Guard. But 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 that's how it is with God. See, God, when he comes into your life, you begin to go places ordinarily that you couldn't go yourself. See, God wants to take us places, and this is what he's doing with Gideon. He wants to work in and through him, but something had to transpire and happen. Now, I want you to go to verse 34 because uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I need to point this out because you cannot go in your own strength in an assignment that God has given you. You cannot go in your own strength. Okay, pastor, what strength do I need to go in? I'm glad you asked. Watch this. In, 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 in Judges, watch this now. Watch what he says. He says, Uh, So the spirit of the Lord came upon who? Do y'all see that? Now things are about to change now. All right. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you are now a different person than you were before the spirit showed up. All right. Um, I want to deviate just for a minute because I want you to understand this, that our power is in the spirit of the Lord. All right. Uh, Isaiah, put it in your margin, Isaiah chapter 11, uh, verses 1 and 2. And we're studying this on Saturdays if y'all want to dive in on Saturdays. But 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 we, we, we see the Holy Spirit here. And what we see about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit can manifest himself in many different ways. OK, now we're going to I'm going to show you seven things specifically here as it relates to the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean that there's seven Holy Spirit. You know better than that. There's only one Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit can merit most or transfer whatever he needs to become for me and you in the season that is needed. Now, he goes on. This is Isaiah, the prophet. He says, then a shoot. This is a prophetic utterance of the one to come. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, Jesse being the father of David and a branch from his roots will bear 
fruit, speaking of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen, will bear fruit, meaning that it's future tense and it's going to happen. Watch this in verse two now. I want you to get this. The spirit of the Lord. Y'all see that? It will do what? It will rest on him. It will rest on him. Um, That's one spirit, the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of wisdom, second. The spirit of understanding, third. The spirit of counsel, fourth. The spirit of strength, fifth. The spirit of knowledge, sixth. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord. See, when you have the spirit of the Lord, you begin to do the exceedingly and abundantly that only God knows can be done. And this is what happened to Gideon, an ordinary farmer. But when the spirit of the Lord came upon him, he became a totally different person. See, this is what uh, David had to receive. Put it in your margin over there in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. When Samuel, he took the horn and of oil and he was anointing David. He was anointing David in the midst of his brothers. And the Bible says that when he anointed him, the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. In the Bible, you keep reading, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord that was on Saul left him. All right. See, Saul didn't want to be obedient to the things of God. So what God did, he said, I'm going to raise up a new king. I'm going to do a new thing, somebody who's going to obey and be uh, obedient to me. And then, of course, Jesus in Luke 14, um, he was quoting out of uh, Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. For he has uh, anointed me. He's anointed me uh, to to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set those who are oppressed free so you need to, the, the spirit of the lord is needed for some of this stuff we're dealing with today medicine's not going to do it i'm not opposed to medicine i'm not getting down on medicine but but sometimes we try to medicate things that only god can deal with and and it becomes a a a pacifier to the root issue of what really needs to be addressed are y'all hearing me this morning So the spirit of the Lord, when it came upon Gideon, he became a different man. And when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, in fact, the the spirit of the Lord is in you if you're a believer, because in the old economy, the Holy Spirit would visit upon people and cause them to be mighty. But when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, now he dwells inside of us and we can go in boldness wherever we go. Are y'all understanding this? So watch Gideon. Now, this is an ordinary man, but there's just the assignment that God has for him. Something else I need you to understand about the spirit of the Lord is the Bible says over there in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Got some Bible students in here. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What does liberty mean? It's not the type of liberty, the United States uh, and all that that we proclaim. But I'm talking a liberation that even death doesn't fear us because we understand that we're liberated even from the sting of death. Amen. I'm talking about a liberty that liberty that surpasses anything that our United States can bring us. What does liberty mean? I'm glad you asked. It means personal freedom. Watch this from enslavement from uh, a confinement or oppression. When we say that we're liberated, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. We're saying that we're free from enslavement. We're free from confinement and we're free from oppression. Do I have a witness today? Anybody in this place that's free from all those things. So what God had to do is he had to divinely enable. Watch this now. He had to divinely enable Gideon. Enable is a term uh, that I'm familiar with being in the computer industry that you sometimes would get a package or a software program and it was much more capable of doing what it could do in its default state. In other words, you would load it on and you would say, man, I sure wish this program could do this. And the reason it's not doing it, it's in there, but the reason it's not working is because it has not been enabled. So you have to go and enable that feature and then you recognize that, oh, man, this is exactly what I needed. A lot of believers even are disabled. 
Amen. And what's got to happen is you got to be enabled through the power that already lives inside of you so that you can begin to do the things that God has called you to do. Can I get a witness? Amen. Somebody say, I need to be enabled. I need to be enabled. And the Holy Spirit, he's the one who enables us. But the Lord looked upon him, Gideon, and said, go in this thy might. Thus he revealed himself, watch this, not only to Gideon, but also in Gideon as the power of God. So he not only identified himself to Gideon, but he says, you know what? I'm going to come in you, Gideon. I'm going to be intimate with you. I'm going to come into you so that whatever move you make is going to come from the power that is connected to me. So God uses uh, just my first point. He uses ordinary people. (laughs) The second point is this. Oh, somebody fixed the clock back there. Okay, I see. All right. (laughs) Thank you all. God orders that. The, the, The second thing. So not only does God use ordinary people to do the extraordinary But God orders that there be no other gods before him. See, I believe the reason God can't do many things in our lives is because there are other gods before him. Watch this. In verse 25 of Judges chapter 6, the Bible says, Now on the same night the Lord said to him, who is him? It's Gideon. Take your father's bull and a second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal, which belongs to your father, and cut down the astra and uh, that it that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of this stronghold in an orderly manner, and take a second bull and offer a burnt offering with a the wood of astra, which you shall cut down. Then Gideon, watch this, being a wise man. He took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord had spoken to him. And because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it by day, he did it by night. I'm not mad at Gideon for doing that because what Gideon was about to do was pretty major. He was getting ready to turn over some idol gods. And you begin to find out what kind of gods people worship when you begin to mess with them. Gideon did this thing at night, turned turned those uh, those idols over Baal and and Astra and man. The next morning, people's like, who moved these gods? And they surveyed the land. They were trying to find out who in the world touched our gods. Now, these are people of God, supposedly, but they got so intoxicated by the by the worldly system that they were a part of that they could not even see that they were worshiping an idol God. What is an idol? I'm glad you asked. A, 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 an idol is watch this. I taught you this before. It's a person, place or thing. That is given a higher priority in your life than your relationship with God. It's a person, place or thing that's given a higher priority in your life than your relationship with God. Whatever represents the form of an object, either real or imaginary. You can have an idol that's not even real. See, Baal, this was the the, the lowercase g God, and ancient Israel worshipped Baal because he was thought to be the God of weather. And weather depended on the economy. If there was bad weather, then that would impact the condition of the land economically. So instead of going with the true God, they turn to Baal. And any time you make a decision to turn from from, from the almighty God to a lowercase God, you can expect some problems. You You can expect some problems. Find out what the idol is in your life. See, as, a, as, as believers, y'all, let me say this, and y'all hear me say this, but we, we, we have no business dealing with rabbit's foot. You got a rabbit foot on your keychain? See me at the church. We'll talk about it. All right? But, 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 but you, have, you have no business in, 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 in astrology and, and all these things. These are lowercase g's. If you want to know how your day is going, read the Bible. You can always wake up and say, you know what? This is a day the Lord has made. 
I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. That's all you need to know. Amen. I know we like to eat uh, Chinese food, but what you doing reading and believing the fortune cookie? Somebody says, I don't have no idols in my life. I'm good. Well, let's let's do an examination. We'll find many idols. Rabbit's foot. Lucky charm. All all this stuff we have. I got my lucky charm in my. we, We don't believe in luck as the believers. We don't need luck. Good luck. No, God bless you. (laughs) Horseshoe hanging up over the house. I'm talking about total surrender. If we're going to be serious with God, that means when he identifies the lowercase g's in our lives, we're not going to dibble and dabble with him. That's what I love about Gideon is Gideon was bold. He said, you know what? I'm scared, but I'm going to do exactly what God told me to do. He said, I'm going to get me 10 men. So come here, Jonathan, Greg, Elder Mike, Darion. Come on, we're going to get 10 men, Bruce. We, 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 we're going to tear down daddy's altar because our dad has erected an altar that God is not pleased with. And man, you really begin to find out how attacked people are when you start messing with their God. Start talking about something that God said versus what they've been doing. God orders that there be no other gods. The very first commandment that, that Moses gets down after being with God on the, on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. He comes down, Exodus 20, chapter 3, thou shalt have no other Say, so, you know what, let's address this first. Before we get into how you treat your neighbor and, and, and all that, I, I need you to know that there should be no other gods before me. Okay? No other gods before me. No other gods before me. Watch this now. So, so, so um, total surrender. There, there, uh, Paul says over there in Corinthians, he says, therefore, my beloved brethren, he says, flee from idolatry. First John chapter five, verse 21. It ends. John, the, 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 the revelator, he ends that um, the, the, the first John chapter five by saying, little children, guard yourselves from idols. Guard yourself from idols. See, God was about to do something miraculous, and he didn't want anybody or anything else to give the credit for it. Because you know how people do. You, if you leave, you know, they, they'll begin to even idolize themselves as if they did something. And God says, no, I got to bring you down to where you're crying out to Midian so that I can get glory for what I'm about to do. So if you're down to nothing, you need to understand, like we always say, that God is up to something. Not a bad place to be down to nothing if God is involved. Amen? If God is involved. So God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. God orders that there be no other God. Somebody say no other gods. No other gods before him. Amen. Uh, uh, It it reminds me. And okay, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. Go to uh, Acts chapter 19. I want you all to see this. Amen. What what do you mean? No other gods. I'm going to show you the power that occurs when we get rid of the gods that we thought were supplying for us. Amen. See, your job can be a God. Somebody in your family can be a God. Money can be your God. That's why Jesus talked so much about it. Amen. Amen. But watch this in Acts chapter 19. I want you to go uh, over there to verse uh, 14. And and you're familiar with this, but I want to point it out uh, in Acts chapter 19, verse 14, talking about surrendering, total surrender, getting rid of your gods. Watch this. Seven sons of one Sceva. Watch this. A Jewish priest chief priest were doing this and the evil spirit answered and said to them i recognize jesus and i know paul but who are you and the man watch this now in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. The truth was going forth in such a way that there was a boldness, a surrendering that was taking place, and God began to show up. And these pretenders were found out. Not only were they found out, but they were naked and they were beaten. 
by the evil spirit. Watch this now. I, I love this. This became known. God wastes no experience. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who live in Ephesus, and fear fell upon all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being what? Do y'all see that? He's saying we got to get rid of the darkness so that light can come in. He's magnified. Many also of those who had believed kept coming. I love this. Confessing and disclosing their practices. The spirit of God was so high that people came and they say, hey, I'm not playing anymore. This is what I'm doing. I'm laying it down and I'm walking away from it. I'm never going to address it again. Watch this. And, and many of those, verse, 18, verse 19, who practice magic, idolatry, brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. That's when you know you've been delivered. And they counted up the price of them, this is really, and found that it was 50,000 pieces of silver. Now, today, that equates between anywhere between one to five million dollars. So, you know, when, when you can get rid of the stuff that you thought was your God and you ain't selling it to somebody else. But you say, no, nah, we're going to burn this up because this ain't going to do nobody any good. And they burned it out. And watch this. So the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. Mightily and prevailing. And, and, and Brother Noah Gideon. He had to deal with the God that. His nation had begun to call God. They had the Baal and the Astra right there next to their God. And God, God is a jealous God, according to Scripture. You know, God's not going to tolerate you going back and forth between one God to another. God, you're not there for me, Lord. I'm trying to wait on you, Lord, to bring my finances through. But I'm going to go ahead and play this lottery and go down to the casino until you come out for me. And then you had the nerve to tell the Lord that you're going to tie it on. <laughs> Let me keep it moving. So God uses ordinary people to do the extraordinary. God orders that there be no other gods before him. And lastly, God, watch this. He orchestrates victory in what may appear to be a defeat. I need you to get this. He orchestrates victory in what appears to be a defeat. Somebody say appears to be a defeat. Man, in the natural, I just don't see how this is going to work. It, it appears to be a defeat. But you need to understand, believer of God, that if God is involved, you already got the victory, regardless of what the situation looks like. And that's got to be the foundation that we work from. Now, Gideon, he was back and forth. Some of us do that when God gives us an uncommon instruction, something that blows our minds. He went to talking about the fleece. God, I'm going to set out the fleece. And if it's wet and then if it's God, you're going to dry the fleece. And he went through all that. But God says, I'm, I'm still with you. I understand you need all this, but I'm still going to do what I need to do through you. So I need to get you to a place where you're going to be ready for the assignment. Let me bring this to a close. In Judges chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, watch this now. The Bible says, then Jerubbabel, that's uh, what his father began to call him, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and camped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah. In the valley, watch this now, the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. For Israel would become boastful, saying, my own power has delivered me. Okay, God, we're getting ready going up against an innumerable amount of people. And you're telling me, all I got, Lord, is 32,000. So you're telling me that. I'm going to have to cut this down. I'm going to have to lower the number that I have going against an innumerable camp of people. So watch this. Now, therefore, 
come proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people return, but 10,000 remain. You want to begin to clear people out? Begin to give some instruction that requires a God type of faith. Like, man, what happened to everybody? We operate in God type of faith. See, God orchestrates victory in what may appear to be a defeat. Verse 4 says, then the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Wait a minute, God. We just gave 10,000. Wait a minute. There's still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Notice the Lord is giving the test. Therefore, it shall be that he of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you. He shall go with you. But everyone of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you. He shall go not with you. Verse 55, verse verse five says, so he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, you shall separate everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps and as well as everyone who kneels to drink. Now the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth was 300 men. So I'm going from 32,000 to 300. God orchestrates victory. And what appears to be a defeat. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with 300 men who lapped and will give the Midianites into your hands so that all the people. All other people go each man to his home. So the 300 men took this is amazing. So what, what God did, he says, all right, bring them all to the water. And, and I'm going to tell you which ones that you need to be fighting with. He says, the ones who are so thirsty and have no concern for what's going on, they're going to go head first in that water and they're just going to get down like a dog and they're going to begin to consume the water. He said, get rid of them because the enemy's right there and they're not watching. They're so concerned with their well-being that they they got their face down. They're not watching and praying. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) they just. You know, they just got it all down. But he said, but 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 the other men, the 300, they, they began. To take a position of readiness. And they would look and as they're looking, they're dipping down and getting the water to refresh themselves. But notice that they're looking. Their eyes haven't left the surface. And God said, them the ones that you need to fight with right there. And see, for many of us today, we need to understand that if you're totally surrendered. You're watching as well as praying. And you're ready for whatever battle ensues because God has equipped you to fight the battle that's next. So God went from 30,000 plus to 300. I'd rather have 300 that have the heart of God and ready to fight for God than 50,000 that are just trying to look cute. Can I get a witness in the place today? We want 300 that's going to fight the good fight of faith, recognizing that God is our God. You see, God orchestrates victory in what may appear to be a defeat. So Gideon said, verse 19, and I'm closing. And the hundred men who were with him, so he divided the 300 into camps. They went to the outskirts of the camp and at the beginning of the middle watch. When they had just posted. The watch, so the enemy, they're now changing positions. See, God told Gideon, he says, what I want you to do with these 300 men, I want them to have a trumpet in their right hand. See, trumpet is symbolic of war. One of the one of the uses of a trumpet is when it was blown um, shofar, it would indicate that it's wartime and Israel would understand that cry that went out through the horn. And the other hand, they had a vessel that had a, a torch in it. Now, you need to understand this because as a believer, when I'm totally surrendered, I now understand that the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but are mighty unto God. 
to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations and every high and lofty thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So I don't need what everybody else needs. See, I don't I, I need exactly what God told me to get. That's why David, David said, wait a minute, Saul, I'm not feeling this. I can't put on your armor to fight the battle that God has given me. He said, God has prepared me for this fight all along. And and I don't need to put on your armor to have victory over this Goliath, uncircumcised Goliath. I already got the victory in Jesus. And Gideon understood. He says, man, I'm, 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 in, I'm in obedience to God. And God, see, before this, he let him go to the camp and he let him hear about what the enemy was saying. And the enemy said, man, I had a dream. And there was a loaf flowing through our camps. And I know for certainty that this is none other than Gideon. And that's all Gideon needed to hear. When he heard that, he got the, he got the troops ready. He said, let's go win this battle. And they got the horns in their hand. Watch scripture. Now, I'm going to read it here. He says, when the three companies blew the trumpets and, and broke the pitchers, they held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing and cried a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal. A sword for who? The Lord and for Gideon. Each stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran, crying out, and fled. 300 men. 30 plus thousand to 300. Under the uncommon instruction of God. Totally surrendered to the plan of God. Took the trumpets. Smashed the vessel and had the lights in their right hand. And the enemy awakened. He was like, what in the world? And they began to turn on each other. And they began to kill each other. See, when you understand, when you're totally surrendered, that the Lord will fight your battle. You'll go into battle with whatever he tells you to go in battle with because you already got the victory in Christ Jesus. Already got the victory. And the enemy began to destroy themselves. But see, Gideon was just the one for that assignment. See, God orchestrates victory in what may appear to be a defeat. Are, are, you, are you totally surrendered? See, when we, when we become uh, clay, y'all heard me say this, but when we become truly clay in the hands of an almighty God, he begins to mold and shape us. He says, yeah, I know there's fear here. But I don't need it to be the type of fear that keeps them bound and paralyzed from where I'm beginning to take them. So I need to teach them that God has not given them the spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. I need you to have a sound mind for where I'm getting ready to take you because it's going to look perplexing. You're going to want to draw back, but you got to move forward in the things that I've called you to walk in because this assignment is specifically for you. See, when we when we totally surrender, God says, you are just the one for that assignment. You see, Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused by his own family. Moses had a speech problem, but they were just the one for that assignment that God gave them. We learned today that Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Both Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Isaiah 20, in case you want to read it. But they were just the ones for that assignment. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ three times. Peter, James, and John fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was promiscuous. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy was afraid and had an ulcer. Lazarus was dead. But they were just the ones for that assignment. What am I here to tell you today? That regardless of what you're going through right now, regardless of what you've been through yesterday, God has prepared you and he's making you to be the one, just the one for that assignment. 
Don't give up on God. Recognize that the spirit of the living God is upon you and there's nothing you can't do through the power of God working on you. You're just the one for that assignment. Backbidden, cheated on, lied on. You're just the one for that assignment. Set up for failure. You're just the one for that assignment. Lost some loved ones in the journey. Just the one for that assignment. You're just the one for that assignment. And that's what God told Gideon. He said, son, you, you're just the one. I know you grew up poor. I know you were abused and all that other stuff. But God says, look, when, I, when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, man, you forget about what happened yesterday. The Bible says that all things become new. Amen. Everything becomes new to you right now. Amen. You can't live in the past because God has a forward path for you. That's what faith is. We walk by, not by sight. Praise God in this place. So we got to totally surrender, church. You got to take your position and say, Lord, here I am. Totally surrender. I'm giving it up, Lord. It belongs to you, Lord God. Praise God. As we all stand to our feet in Jesus' name, praise God. Just the one for that assignment. Start the company. Write the book. Answer the call to ministry. Go overseas. Whatever God is asking you to do, you're just the one for that assignment. But God, I'm too old. No, you're not. That's when the best days of your life begin to start. When you begin to recognize that God has not left me nor forsaken me. That God is doing a new thing in me and through me. You begin to recognize the power of our God. And that power is enabled when we totally surrender. It's all to him we owe. Has he been a good God to y'all? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we bless your name. Oh, hallelujah, God. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your loving kindness. Lord, will you humble us today? Humble our hearts. We think we, we did things on our own. But God, it was you all along that kept us in our right minds and our right hearts. And we thank you, Father, for that today. Father, open the eyes of our hearts to understand that we're just the one for that assignment. And Lord, when we receive that assignment for you, let us not get boastful or cocky, but let us recognize that all our help comes from you because it's in you we live, we move, and we have our being. And Lord, whatever assignment await us, we will say, yes, Lord, here I am. Use me. Use me, Lord God, to be a teacher in the educational system. Use me, Lord God, to be a politician and the crazy politics that exist in our land. Lord, use me, God, to be a caretaker for those who need care, Lord God. God, use me to teach others about Jesus Christ. Use me, God, as the secretary on the job. Use me, Lord God, as a retired citizen, Lord God, to continue to serve you with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. God, even while I'm waiting in an unemployed state, God, begin to teach me what my next assignment will be and prepare me for it, Lord God. As I wait on you, Lord God, God, as I'm waiting for my promotion, Lord God, I know promotion comes from you and from you alone, Lord God. So let me not try to impress the boss, Lord God. Let me impress you. Because, God, you give promotion. Lord, teach me, teach us. That is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Teach us to let go of what's in our hands so that others can have it. Use us, God. We, we're totally surrendered, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Use us mightily for your glory. When we want to go our own way, arrest us and send us on the path of righteousness that will bring you glory. Father, we love you today. We thank you. Listen, right where you are, just head bow, eyes closed. Just a real quick appeal for those of you, uh, church online even. God, I'm here today and I need to totally surrender to you. I'm not going to ask that you move out your seat, but I just want you to raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm here to totally surrender to you today. I see your hands. God bless you and God keep you. And your hands are just an act of obedience, not so that others can see you. But, Lord, I, I need to be totally surrendered, totally surrendered, totally surrendered, totally surrendered. Praise God. Father, we love you and we thank you. 
We give you the fruit of our lips today. We say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Totally surrender. Totally surrender. Totally surrender. Totally surrender. Praise God. Come on, give God a praise if you don't mind. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Totally surrendered. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of our life-changing King. Got a few announcements for you, then we'll be right back with the benediction. God bless you and God keep you. Amen. Amen. Listen, thank you all so much uh, for, for being here today. For those of you who are going with us to uh, Smith Memorial AME, it's right down the road here. I believe it's Fellhorn. Um, I think the service is at two o'clock. You can go home if you like, but we'll have food here for those who are going over at two o'clock. Uh, so we'll have food here. More than welcome to uh, fellowship and, and hang out. I guess if the clock... We could have gone a little longer. I know we have that much more time. So, uh, no, nah, thank you guys for fixing the time for us. That's so important. But um, be encouraged in the Lord. Go out and, and live for him. Go out and live for him and surrender your life. Some of the best days of your life will be experienced when you totally surrender to him. Totally surrender to him. So we, um, again, uh, thank our visitors for being here. Uh, my family, thank God for you all being here. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Brother Noah, you have to let me know what Sunday you're ready to bless us with a song. I, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but just, just get ready, sir, whenever that is. We thank God for you. Um, and for all of those who are here today, if you're visiting us for the first time, please fill out a connection card. Uh, if you need prayer, we'll be here after service. We'll pray for you. Um, if you made a decision today to follow Jesus, fill out that connection card or come and talk to to one of us, one of the gentlemen on the wall, and we'll be glad to introduce you to the greatest man we know, our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go out and have a blessed week. Know that we love you. We thank God for you. Life group starts in September, um, so get ready for that as we're excited about that time of fellowship and learning about our Lord. Amen. So if we could all stand, we'll give the benediction. No rush. You can stick around. Not sure what we're having. Okay. Steaks? What? <laughs> no, no, I'm not sure. Mm. Let me let me do this. Um, if you're comfortable, I just want you to. Um, it's a faith confession. I want you to look at the person next to you. I want you to say to them. God loves you. Whatever you've been through, whatever you're going through, is for purpose. And God will use the crumbs to make the best cake you've ever had. God will take the tears and bottle them up. <laughs> 
He will use you mightily. Today, please, totally surrender your life to him. Give him a praise if you don't mind. Amen. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the matchless name of Christ Jesus, we all pray and we say together, amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week.